Hey friends, if you struggle to find time to read the Bible, or maybe like me, you do devotions in the morning, but then you could use a little more scripture in your day, I want to make sure you know about the Dwell Bible app. What makes Dwell so special is that they read the Bible to you, and you can choose from all different books of the Bible, different plans. They even have Dwell Daily, which is a daily devotional. And what really sets Dwell apart is that they have a variety of voices. You can have read the Bible to you. Over time, I've listened to Rosie the most. She is soft and relaxed and makes you feel like you're sitting by a fireside being read to. I also love Amber's voice. It's comforting and eloquent. So good. And then you can also choose what you want in the background, whether it's music or white noise. I love hearing the piano being played while I listen to the Bible being read to me. Pretty special. Dwell has something for everyone, men, women, and even children. So go over to dwellbible.com forward slash Monica Swanson to receive your 25% discount today. Again, that's dwellbible.com forward slash Monica Swanson for your 25% discount. I know you're going to love it. So check it out. Let me know what you think. Aloha and welcome to the Boy Mom Podcast. I'm your host, Monica Swanson, and I really appreciate you taking time to listen in today. It's my goal here to bring you practical advice and biblical wisdom for raising boys in this sometimes crazy world. And it sure is feeling like a crazy world right now, isn't it? The world is feeling like a very unsteady place right now. I know it's a strange time. And I think at this point, everyone is being impacted in one way or another by the coronavirus or COVID-19, as my husband calls it. He's a doctor. Well, before I dive into a really special interview today, I want to say just a few words about what's going on and point you to, to some encouragement. So I've been receiving a lot of emails and messages um, on two things related to the coronavirus. First of all, some of them are directed at my husband, Dr. Dave, they, from people who want some insight or advice from him related to the virus. And then the other questions are all about homeschooling, schooling from home, because I know a whole lot of people are suddenly, without any warning, being thrust into having kids home for potentially the rest of the school year. Well, I wanted to respond to both of these and even more. I really want to share what I'm personally most concerned about during this season, this time of having so many school closures and so many sports and other activities being canceled. And I want to talk about my concern for our kids in this season. And so what I did was I wrote a blog post where I addressed those three things. And you can find it over at monicaswanson.com forward slash blog. Now, I almost just took today's episode to just talk about that blog post and to cover those things because it's really important to me. Um, but then I realized that the interview I had planned for today is so timely. It's actually a really good episode for you to listen to in this craziness of what's going on in the world. So what I'm going to do is just link in the show notes to the blog post and trust that you're going to go over and read it. I've heard from a lot of people. I published it over the weekend and I know it's been a big encouragement. One reader even called it an ocean of calm during this stormy time. I love that, but I really do encourage you to go over and read that and to be encouraged, okay? So I have a special interview for you today, and I am really excited to let you listen in to my conversation with Anjali Pascal. Now, Anjali is someone I've followed on Instagram for quite a while. She has started and is running the, I call it a movement, the Instagram feed called the Moms We Love Club. And I'm sure many of you are familiar with this. 
Um, but she'll talk about it a little bit today. If you're not familiar, you're going to want to go over and be a part of that because it's really special. But Anjuli is about to launch her first book. And that's the topic of today's conversation. Her book is called Stay. And it's what she calls an invitation. It's a call to invite Jesus into the hard places, the places we typically want to avoid or run from. Now, I've been reading her book. And first of all, it's beautiful. She is an incredible writer. But it's also challenging me in a good way. I'm the first to admit that staying is not a natural tendency of mine. I'm much more of a go type of gal. Anyone relate? And without a doubt, to be fair, there is a time to go. You guys hear me talk all the time about action and movement and choosing healthy perspectives and all that. But that's not what stay is about. Stay invites us to sit in the hard or the lonely or the difficult places. I think there's over 20 invitations in the book. And to let the Lord be with us in those moments. And you know what? It's good for me. I think it's good for all of us. You'll hear um, I ask Anne Julie how this even applies to parenting and how we can help our kids learn to invite Jesus into those hard places. I think you'll be encouraged by that. But I think that especially in these uncertain times, this message is so relevant. I think you'll find plenty of practical application to today's conversation as you face fears or anxieties or the unknown and even the very real days of perhaps having to stay in with your kids. Most of us can't go and do all those activities and things that used to keep us busy. So we're having to stay. And Aunt Julie would tell us that we can invite Jesus in with us in those times. And I think that is such a beautiful message. We are going to want to find show notes at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast. This is episode 46. Um, there will be links to the book and all the places you can follow Anne Julie. And also she is offering a beautiful print right there in my show notes. You can download a print, print it out, hang it up, and be reminded of this very important message. Now, friends, I know there are a whole lot of podcasts out there, and I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this one. If you haven't left a rating or review yet, I'd love to invite you to hit pause and just hop over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen, hit on five stars, or leave a few words about what you love about this podcast. It means so much to me. I read everyone, and it really does help. People all over the world find this podcast and join this awesome community. Also, just tell your friends about it. I love that. I love it when you share it on social media, when you tell your friends and neighbors, hey, if we're all kind of stuck inside right now, great time to catch up on podcasts while we fold the laundry or maybe need a little break from our kids, right? Well, I appreciate that. Uh, one thing I want to say, the first about minute of this conversation, um, there's an echo. I couldn't get rid of it. I apologize. But the good news is it goes away after about one minute. So hang in there and it will get better. All right, friends. Well, thank you so much for your time here. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Anjali and I talking about what it means to stay. I hope you enjoy. Well, aloha, Anjali. Thank you so much for joining us on the Boy Mom Podcast. Uh, it's so great to be here, Monica. Thanks for having me. Oh, yes. I've been looking forward to this conversation. Uh, I follow you on all the different places. You, you're you're a busy mom. <laughs> you're doing a lot, I know. And um, I just am always so intrigued and inspired uh, just following what you do and the things that you are about. And so I'm sure a lot of the listeners are very familiar with you, but I would love for us to start by having you just kind of share your story, who not just who you are and how many kids you have, but take us back. I want to hear right away just where where um, this story began and how we got to this day where you're about to launch a beautiful book. So can you just tell us about yourself? 
I can, Monica. Thanks for having me. It's such a gift to be here. Mm. I think a really good place to start is when I was 24 years old and I was working at a church and I was in seminary and I went on a trip that would change my life. It was a three-week retreat um, where I was completely isolated on an island in a cabin alone. And the invitation was to stay and face Mm. your deepest, darkest fears. Mm. And I would say in this moment of my life, Monica, um, even though I was doing all these really good things, going to seminary, going to working at a church, um, you know, doing kind of all the right Christian things Mm -hmm. uh, internally, I was a complete wreck. I was filled with anxiety. I was desperately alone. I was terribly afraid of what people thought of me. And I remember this moment where I'm about to go on this retreat. I'm laying in my backyard, looking up at the sky and thinking, you know what? If I go on this retreat and nothing happens, like if nothing changes, because I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, but I feel like awful inside. So if nothing changes, like I don't think I can live anymore. Like I don't Mm. think I can one, for sure, be a Christian anymore. And I don't even know if I can live life anymore. Mm. Um, It's just not working. And so I went on this trip, um, locked away in a cabin with no phone um, and no friends, just nothing, literally just me and God and going toe-to-toe with God in everything um, that was buried inside of me. Um, And then this moment of, coming out of the darkness mm-hmm. and I'm and realizing that it was through the process of staying with mm-hmm. myself and God that I actually uh, became alive. I, I really think that might've been when I became a Christian, wow. truthfully, even though I had grown up in the church and was sure. in seminary and mentoring <laughs> yeah. lots of girls in the high school group. It was like, I think I really, I think I really accepted who I was and who God was and that place. So, and how long was this? How long were you alone? I'm so curious about 21 days. How many? 21. Oh my goodness. This was not a short retreat. No. And there would be, I would, I would meet with a a counselor, spiritual director, like a therapist once a day for an hour and a half in the mornings. And then I would go back into isolation. Whoa. Yeah. It was intense. What an experience. Yeah. Changed everything. Okay. Is is this something like available to other people? If I was to like, if people want to know about it, you want to go Monica, I'm I'm thinking somebody (laughs) listening is going to be like, I need that. Can we link to somewhere they can find out more about it in show notes? It's possible. Okay. It was through my seminary program. Oh, okay. Part of it was a requirement to go on it. Yes. Okay. I have heard of similar things though. So I'll see what I can find because this is something that would be so healthy probably for all of us. So take it from there. Yeah, for real. So that, that kind of set me on a trajectory of, man, I am going to fight, um, and invite and just speak about what it means to stay with the real you and the real God and being real with others. Yes. Wow. I love that. Thanks. And so you came out of it a different person. Yeah. And then different, <laughs> uh, but definitely, you know, still had a lot of, um, 
you know, moral formation that and habits that needed to be broken. So from there was the journey of, wow, I had grown up with Sam, who is now my husband. Uh And when he uh, went and asked my dad if he could marry me uh, and my parents, actually, one of the things my parents said to him was, just so you know, Sam, what, you know, one of the things is Angelie can't have kids. So are you going to be okay with that? Like, you need to know that going into it. And so, um, he said, yes. Yeah. Uh So we got married and because it's really because of a mental condition that I've had that doctors were like, you know, it's probably not going to happen for you. Okay. Okay. So fast forward six months after we got married and a positive pregnancy test (laughs) and then with my first little boy, two years later, another one. And three more after that. And I have five kids. You haven't stopped. <laughs> I, I have now. I was like, okay, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> wow. Five kids for the girl that's not supposed to have any. What a story. And, and their ages now are? 12, 10, 8, 6, and 2. Oh my goodness, girl. Yes. And number, you- number five, I call her my encore. Uh-huh. I think I believe that God looked at our family and was like, we need more of them. And yeah. so it was definitely a surprise. <laughs> I love that though. That's how we, I mean, we, there was a big space before my fourth son, but that's how we felt was like, oh, these are, we love our kids. Like they were getting old enough to kind of enjoy them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they were old enough to see that they are actual humans with like personalities and we're like, dang, we need more of these, but yeah. I was getting a little older then. So I, I always tell people, you know, my, my encouragement is you never know what time will bring. So <laughs> don't act too quick when you think you're done with kids. You really don't. Sometimes you start to like them after a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got an almost teenage boy, right? Yeah, I do. Ooh, so two boys, three girls. Okay. And tell us what else you do. So... As I was entering this motherhood journey, um, I kind of picked up a camera along the way and realized how much I loved photography. So I started a photography business and I did traveled around the world for about seven years and did that. Having babies, taking pictures. I was going to say, was this with kids in tow? Yeah. Yeah, it was. And it it was just a beautiful season of life. Um, And as I was doing that at the time, if you remember this, I don't, not everyone used to do this. Not everyone does anymore, but I would blog my pictures from weddings and engagement shoots. And, um, once a week I would just do a personal post where I'd like, I just want to write something about real life, you know? Yeah. And I would post pictures of my kids. And as I was doing that, I realized, oh my goodness, I like love writing Uh and I don't want to stop. I know. I don't know. Did you blog Monica? Yeah, 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 I, yeah. And I still do. Yep. Yeah. I'm and I nine always years, felt... over nine years. Oh, yeah. Man, that is I had the same perfect. experience, though. As soon as I started, it was just that, um, that like discovering something you really love. Yes. And it was it was almost this tension, like, you know, I, like I felt like, OK, well, a blog post can only be so long. Like you can't write, you know, like you want to engage sure. the reader and it can't be more than so many words. And I remember thinking, like, but I don't really want to stop writing like I have, I don't want my blog posts. I don't want to have to stop at 250 words, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so during nap time and before 
you know, in the mornings or in evenings, I would just pull out my computer and just keep writing. And I just felt like I had something I wanted to say. And I never was like intended to write a book. I never had ambitions to write a book. Um, but after a year of doing this and I had nothing left to say, you had a book, (laughs) I had a book and that was seven years ago. And so for throughout photography and having babies, I, I really just had this, you know, 225 page book on my desktop and never really knew what to do with it. So it just sat there. Wow. So from when I transitioned out of photography, I still love photography. And so out came this beautiful app called Instagram Mm -hmm. where I could take pictures of my family and kids and, and then I could also write, but it didn't have, I didn't have to be behind a computer. I could do it from my phone. And then I just started posting and sharing and, you know, in time that just caught on and slowly, very slowly Uh at this point where I was like, okay, I mean, I don't know if this is a lot of big following, but there was, there was about I think it was four or 5,000. And I remember at the same time was birthed like a a pain inside of me Mm -hmm. and, you know, motherhood just wrecks us in Uh really beautiful ways. And I thought, my goodness, like I'm a healthy person, you know, for the most part, I like my ice cream. I don't work out all the time, but I'm healthy. (laughs) Like I can get out of bed. I can do life. But what about those moms who like, are battling cancer yeah, or whose husband dies uh-huh. or whose child is, has a rare disease. And it just wrecked me to the point where I could not sleep, Monica. Like, right. Cause you see these people on it, like on Instagram, yeah, you're done. just it's randomly. Fun. And then if you're like me, sounds like you are, yeah. you kind of become obsessed and you start to yeah. follow them and pray for them and cry for them. And yeah, I totally get that. So it was this point where I read this story about this mom and her name was Lindsay who had had a disease, still has it, called chronic, chronic migrainosis and her husband has Crohn's disease. And, um, you know, I read their uh, blog about how her, I mean, literally she is in a dark room in a kind of like a prison cell for 20 hours a day. She's like... Imagine body shaking, moaning, pain, uh-huh. migraine, yeah. a migraine every moment of your life. No, no I cannot. The, the story is how he, you know, his husband, her husband, who's battling his own disease, huh. has to carry her to the shower. He brushes her teeth. And, and you know what I mean? Like, and she's also a mom. And I'm like, I look at her and I'm like, we're the same age. I mean, she's beautiful and young and vibrant in this disease. And so I, for a year, I I could, I wrestled with the story. And finally I was like, God, I don't know what to do. Like all I have is like this Instagram following and this passion for this mom. And so from there I birthed what is called the moms we love club, which Mm -hmm. is an Instagram and a social media campaign to support moms enduring long-term hardship. Mm. So once a month we feature a mom, we take, we all post the same picture and we pray for her and we raise money for her and her family. So awesome. Yeah. I don't remember when I came across the Moms We Love Club. How how long ago did you start that? Two years ago. Wow. It's amazing. I mean, and it's really grown to be something special. It's I, so I mean, special. Yeah. And it's it's for it's really think about um the mom, right? It's 
initially I feel like when trauma happens, community like gathers real good. Yes. But then when it's like a year, two, three, five years later, people start to just move on. Yeah. And and I think there's two a few things there where we can't fix it and that's hard for people when things uh, don't get better. Right. And for most of these moms it will never get better. Right. Like they will live be in and out of the hospital forever. Right. And um and then so it's like those moms who are just in this middle place where people have kind of trickled off yeah. and they're feeling lost and alone and unseen and we can come in like this beautiful force mm. and yeah. shine light on her and her family. Wow. That is amazing. Yeah. What a, what a gift. I'm sure that, um, you're probably trying to keep up with some of the, everyone yeah. you can from the past. That's a lot. That's a yes. lot of work. It's a gift. And it's, it's honestly, I say this all the time, but it's, to me, it's the best thing about social media. It's it like, hundred percent. Right, let's, let's gal- gather, let's rally, let's love. Absolutely. Well, and, and that's the crazy thing too. So, right. You know how God just weaves his story in there. So as, um, I was posting pictures on Instagram, growing the, the moms of the love club, it was like, um, then I became a part of a computer, uh, writer's community called encourage. Yeah. And from there I got connected to an editor who mm-hmm. said, Hey, have you ever considered writing a book? And right. then I said, are you kidding me? I, I already did. Here, <laughs> here you go. So I signed the contract in July. Uh, no, yeah, I signed the contract, I think, in May, and I turned in my manuscript in July. Oh, that is such a dream. <laughs> Isn't it wild? And then it comes out in 20 days. Wow, yay. Oh, I just absolutely love that. Tell us about this book. Oh, okay. I'm reading it now, and I'm just totally loving it. But um, it, yeah, I can't wait to get the hard copy in my hands. And it is a hard back, right? It's a hard copy. Yeah. So cool. So stay is really, you know, birthed out of that retreat. It's this invitation, it's this tender call to stay with your everyday aches, your disappointment and your pain. And as you stay with these places that you're so tempted to run away from, mm-hmm. I invite you to stay and actually enter those places and you really begin to discover that um, that God is in them. And that is discovering the love of God in your heart, not just your head. Mm-hmm. And so, wow, the the freedom and the joy and the wholeness that can come through those things that we're so tempted to avoid. So I confess that when I started looking at this book and what it's about, you know, my this goes against my nature. (laughs) I was like, Oh, I don't know. Because, um, (laughs) you know, my tendency is so I'm a glass half full person. I'm, I'm pretty quick when I face a hard time to flip it, find the positive, move on, get busy. But I know we all need this, right? So speak, speak to me because um, I, I just know that we need to, um, to get comfortable being okay in our hard places. And, and I have, especially I think through motherhood, I think it kind of forces you. There's those moments where you want to run, where you want to do just about anything. But I yeah. have discovered personally that it's in those moments where I'm just all in like, okay, this is it. I'm stuck. I'm home. They're all sick. Yeah. I'm missing out on cool. everything everyone else yeah. is doing. I'm lonely. I'm sad. Yeah. I'm sleep deprived, but you know what? I'm going to dig in. And I, I tell young moms that those were the times I grew the most in my faith. I, God became more than just 
God. He became my best friend. So tell us more about the heart of this because I know we all need it. So really every chapter is an invitation to stay with places where we want to run away from. I've identified probably 20 different places. And here are some examples of those places in our life. Loneliness, fear, (laughs) guilt, shame, vulnerability. And as we hear those things, we have to imagine that there's a range of them. So Mm -hmm. imagine there's um, small, medium, large. That's a good way to say it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So right now in your life, Monica, there are small places in your life where you are resistant to staying. Uh For, for, here's a good example. You see a text and it triggers (laughs) something, right? Yeah, sure. And let's go a little bigger, say like a, a medium thing that you're resisting in your life. It might be when for you, you're in Hawaii, you're at the beach and you see someone and it, and uh, you turn the other way. Uh-huh. You don't want to face them. You don't yeah. want to engage with them. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's a resistance. Are you watching me? <laughs> I, I see you. <laughs> and then think bigger. Think things like trauma. And when I say trauma, mm-hmm. I don't, we, we automatically go to like, well, I'm not a, I'm not, I was never in war. I don't have that kind of sure. PTSD. I'm t- there are I, large traumas like that abuse. And I, that's trauma. But we also have every single person you encounter, you Mm -hmm. and myself included, we have trauma. Right. And, but but because we're not uh, returning from war, we negate our trauma. Exactly. I mean, it can be trauma as small as your sibling picking on you as a kid. It can Mm -hmm. be a coach who made fun of you. It can be a college you didn't get accepted into. And so we all have trauma. So we all look at these small, medium, and large places in your life where you are resistant. And what I want to whisper into your heart is no, like stay right there in that liminal space. Are you familiar with that? So Uh that moment when you get the text and to when you do something else, that's called liminal space. It's the time Uh between what was and what is to come. And in that space is where I want you to stay. Because, and I want you to start identifying your strategies, right? To not stay. Here's some strategies that we have. We avoid, right? So don't look at the text. If I don't see it, it's not there. <laughs> right. um, with, with people, maybe that person on the beach that you're avoiding. It's like, okay, so you encounter them. What is your strategy? Like you might use humor. You might use um, uh, ways to fix your, present yourself. Oh, I have to clean myself up before I see them. Mm -hmm. I don't want them to see my kids eating sand, you know, (laughs) like whatever, you know, and then there's bigger things, the trauma where it's like, Oh, we don't, we, uh, we are terrified to look or feel our trauma because inside of us, we have come up with so many lies and beliefs about um, that trauma that we are, we are just, we're paralyzed. So Everything in this book is really about, hey, Monica, where, where are you resistant? Yeah. What do yeah. you, let's talk about that. Mm-hmm. What are your strategies? Because we all have different strategies. Sure, sure. Okay. And what does it look like? Um, hey, instead of using that strategy, imagine um, God, is, God is here. Imagine God is pulling out a chair at the table of your soul saying, patting that chair saying, sit down. Let's talk about why you don't want to return that text. 
Yeah. Why are you, why did, why does that person make you feel like you have to perform yeah. for cleanup? Right. You know, that trauma, that the way that person touched you when you were a kid or the way someone made fun of you when you were young. I, I know that happened. I see that I was there, you know, like, and the, that is the freedom. And that is where the wholeness comes. It's like the, he- you- the healing, like you're allowing him to go to that place and yeah. do the healing work. 100%. And, and I think this, I'm, I'm kind of guessing cause I haven't finished the book, but this is also a place where we can recognize the lies and, and replace them with the truth and, and even get into the word of God and find the truths to replace the lies that will then change our, our, how we see that, how we see that moment in our memory, how we see that person in front of us, because we actually have the freedom to choose to think differently. Right. So that, this is a really important thing. I think Monica, because really this, this is interesting. The temptation this is weird with our spirituality and with our relationship with God and even of the disciplines of reading the word. And it can, this is why I want to highlight, get a highlighter out and highlight yeah. this liminal space because we can even use the Bible. We can even use worship music. We can even use retreats or devotionals to avoid staying. I I mean, I will, I actually in this, book, I don't go into replacing it. I don't go there on purpose because I really want to draw out people's hearts. And I want to invite women to feel their hearts, invite Mm -hmm. women to invite Jesus to be with them there and invite others to be with their and, and yes, there's definitely truths. I talk about communion. I talk about confession. I talk about spiritual disciplines, but I, I very hesitant to give people now do this. Okay. Because I think we have such a neurotic way and not, it's like the, there's a purging of the soul and we can use those things neurotically to fix ourselves and to not feel them. Right. Have you ever had this experience where, oh my goodness, like you just had the most amazing quiet time. The birds were chirping <laughs> and um, it feels good. And you just, there's this communion happening and then you get in the car and that person, <laughs> and that person texts you. Yeah. And you're just mad and you're right. irritated and you're annoyed and your envy is just firing. And so what we can do in this, in this space is, okay, well, oh, I got to get back to that feeling I had on the couch and my coffee. So I'm going to turn my worship music up really loud and feel it. Right. And so, but what we're actually not doing is encountering God in the reality of our hearts. And so I just want to keep moving and ushering women into that place of, okay, sit at that table with Jesus. Right. Hold your hands open. Feel the sting of your je- your jealousy, you know, and bring that into openness. Bring it into light instead of, I think my temptation is, yeah, turn up the worship music just a little bit louder. Sure. You know, I don't want to feel yeah. it, so, but I want to feel that feeling. Right. right. So you bring the, you in, in this book, you're bringing us to the place of staying yep. and just focusing there on the importance of that. We yeah. do, I mean, we do it like, I mean, 
it's just, we're so habituated in it. It's like, we feel, we feel something we don't want to feel. And it's like, well, I'm just going to go for a run. So that feeling goes away. Sure. Or I'm just going to eat some more food or I'm going to go on Instagram. You know what I mean? We're just, yeah, yeah, yeah. we do, we use anything we can to avoidance. Yeah. yeah. Right. And I say like, you know what? God is where God is right next to your jealousy. Like he's actually purging that, you know, he's actually revealing that to you. Be with him there, be with him in it and talk to him about that. Right. Okay. So talk to us as moms. Yeah. Obviously this is going to be something that affects every human being, but is this kind of something you're teaching your kids, especially your boys as they, you know, come enter almost teenage years? How, How do you, how does this apply to parenting? Oh my goodness. Well, I think, I think there's two ways that come to mind, Monica. One is the, the struggle of staying with our kids as they really are, not as we want them to be. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's tough because, um, especially my boys are of course, complete opposite. One is loud and angry and wild and strong-willed and the other one's sensitive and quiet and, you know, just, of course. Interesting God, how they can be yeah. so different, right? <laughs> yeah. And so it's like, man, I want my strong-willed kid to stop. Just do what I say. Right. I want my quiet, sensitive one, have a voice, stand up, yeah. have an opinion. Yes. yes. And um, it's, it's very hard with, you know, in our relationships with anybody to be stay with people as they are um without using our own manipulation our own strategies to not stay with them so for me it is the that first one is the task of um, staying with them as they are the other one I think especially for one of my boys it's doing a lot of mirroring so I see what I see. So for instance, I, I literally this morning made a list. He struggles with, um, honesty. Mm-hmm. And so over the past, I don't know, six weeks, especially it's been a lot of different things coming up. So I made this list. Um, you know, you were sneaky about schoolwork. You were dishonest about where you were. You didn't tell me the truth about what you're doing on your phone. So I have this list, you know, mm-hmm. and then I drew this heart on the paper and I left a blank inside of it. And, um, I wrote these words down. I said, what, what am I afraid of? Mm-hmm. And so I gave this to him. And so this is the mirroring, right? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to show him, stay with who you are. This is what I'm seeing. Stay with, let's stay with truth here. And so I asked him to fill it out. What are you afraid of? Because in your fear, you're choosing to lie, right? That's his strategy, lie, Uh instead of saying, hey, mom, what I'm really afraid of is that you're not going to give me what I really want. Right. So I want him to learn how to stay with what's really going on. Honest in that moment. Yeah, before he moves into his strategy of, well, I have to lie to get what I really want. Sure. And did he, have you finished this or is it, are you in process with this one? (laughs) He still has the list. I'm waiting to see what he says. Good. Interesting. And you've, you've used that same kind of strategy in other situations, I assume. I'm, you know, I'm finding he's really just at that place where he can have those kind of conversations. Sure. Sure. My 10 year old, not so much. My 10 year old, you know, it's, it's still, 
this real innocent, tender spirit where, you know, the older one takes up a lot of space Uh emotionally and physically. Right. And so I remember laying with him the other night and saying to him, Hey, I want you to know that you have space in our family. Right. And he just started crying. Uh, yeah. And so it's, it's pulling out those feelings and pulling out his heart. Like, right. Oh, I know you don't feel like you have space because so-and-so whoever at the time takes up mm-hmm. a lot of space. Yep. And so yep. how can, how can we make room for you to belong here? Right. And yeah, really that's, like, that's so important. And isn't it, and for me, I have this temptation. I want to fix this. I want to right. make this better for him. I want him to, you fit here, you belong, you know? And yes, here's yes. the reasons why. And it's like, that's not going to do a thing. Exactly. Or for, for many of us who have, you know, many children, if there's one that's kind of quiet and easy, you're just like, oh, phew, you, there's Jesus. one less kid I have to worry about. Now I'll move on yeah. to the difficult one or the 100%. And so to sit with them and just be like, you talk to me. And, and I've said many times, you know, nighttime seems to be when, especially as they get into their teenage years, when kids want to open up, especially boys. So to just sit there and be quiet (laughs) and say, talk to me, what you tell me about your heart and, and invite them. I I love that invitation. Mm. So good. It's a real fun transition. It's an interesting season. It is, but I think even for our younger kids, just, you know, kind of returning to the the theme, the heart of your book, Stay, is um, to, because I have a tendency, just, you know, confessing here, when my nine-year-old, say, is upset about something, I'm like, brush it off, let's go, let's do the next thing, and, and I, I do think that in some ways, you know, they need to dig deep and find strength and move on, but there's also that place of like, wait, why did that make you cry? And, yeah. and let's, let's be honest about it. Was it really because you were hurt physically, or maybe it was because it hurt your heart and, and to just give them the, I guess the invitation, I love that word, but to be honest and to sit in it and then to bring it before the Lord. And, and I'm sure that you do a lot of that, just teaching them how to bring it to the Lord and let yep. him be with them in that place. And I, I believe this 100% Monica I, uh, the way they will learn how to pray is the way they learn how to talk to their me and my husband. Mm-hmm. I agree. That's prayer. That yeah. is the fundamental. I mean, God is, um, God is very big mm-hmm. for a kid. And right. so the hand, like literally them knowing and understanding who Jesus is and the right. way they learn how to pray and the way they learn how to talk to God is how the same dynamic of how they will talk to me and my husband. Yeah. So as I, 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 and so it's like, wow, we are teaching them how to pray. We are. As we, we teach them how to stay, we are teaching them that God cares about the very depths of your soul. And that matters. Right. That matters more than what you do. That matters more than how you look. That matters more than your behavior. Like God looks at your heart. Yeah, that's beautiful and so important for kids to know. And and I don't think there's any age that they have to be to get that. I think the younger you start, just relating to them in that way and giving them that safe place to 
speak to us as parents. And I often say that, you know, that we as parents are the closest thing our kids know to God. And, yep. and that's why I, even the way my boys obey or disobey, I'm like, as they're learning to follow us, they're learning to follow God. No, no pressure on us parents. But no, really. And no, I, I love how that transfers to the way they communicate with us. That's really beautiful. Well, I, um, of course, will be linking to where people can pre-order your book. Thank um, you. It's, it's just really beautiful. And, and I think a lot of moms are going to be just touched by what you have to say. And, and I love, I'll just say, because I'm just, you know, partway through it, but your stories, it's funny. <laughs> I love hearing about even, you know, your college years, just there's a lot of you're a great storyteller and you're a beautiful writer. So I'm excited oh, about Monica. stay and, um, and we're going to have you share where everyone can find you. But first, if you don't mind, Anjuli, I would love to ask you, you've got two boys, three girls, so you got yep. a big family, but I have a few boy mom questions. I call them. They're really Brilliant. just mom questions. I love I'd love to throw them out to you. Brilliant. Okay. It's been a while since I've done this. I feel like my interviews have been, I don't know. We haven't done this. So here we go. Number one. Yay. Yep. Share with all of us one boy mom essential, mom essential really, that you can't imagine life without. And this is anything goes, any category. Oh, it's so easy. <laughs> cereal. <laughs> Cold yes. cereal. Amen. <laughs> and I, I will buy it constantly. And I, yeah. I, I mean, I'm buying Fruit Loops. I'm buying Cheerios. If we oh, have. You are that mom. I am that mom. Oh, love you. <laughs> I, give, I give my friends, boys cereal for their birthday. Oh, that's like perfect. Big box yeah. of Fruit Loops, man. Uh -huh. Like they eat cereal a lot. Oh my goodness. My my boys for their birthday, they always want a box of Lucky Charms. Yeah. And oh yeah. It's <laughs> the only time they get it all year, honestly, but I've got four boys, so at least <laughs> there's a lot of Lucky Charms then. <laughs> oh, that is so good. Cereal. And you know what? There's no time of day that cereal doesn't work. It's, it's pretty much a 24 seven. I told my husband, I'm like, we need a cow. Because we are going through so much milk. Yeah, exactly. And try living in Hawaii. Like, oh yeah, cereal can be like seven dollars. Thank oh you very gosh. much. I'm sending you cereal. Please do. <laughs> I'm like, I'm trying to figure out if there's some place I can get it like wholesale. Okay, number two. Okay. Is there a time you remember just knowing you were raising boys? Your boys came first. So um, something that they did or they dragged in, just something that made you go, oh my goodness. These are such boys. Oh my gosh. There's one time. Oh, it's kind of gross, actually. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, we were, please. I had two little Bring boys. It. They were one, uh, three and one, maybe right around there. Uh -huh. And we were potty training the oldest one. Uh oh. And he peed in a cup in the kitchen. Uh huh. I don't know. We, we did not teach him to do that. No, no. But of course, I'm sure it was just convenient. And my little one went over to drink it. Oh. And I I'm I can't, you know how the story ends. So yeah. it's just that moment I was like mortified. Yeah, that's mortified. definitely a boy thing. <laughs> like, how is this my life right now? That I have to manage the cups in the house to make sure there's no pee in no them. Pee in them. <laughs> oh, that is so classic boy. I love it. Oh yeah, we've we've peed in more than one cup around here for sure. Yeah. Especially <laughs> so far. They they can be really handy, but not on the kitchen counter. Thank you very right. much. Thank you very much. I love it. And then you got your girls, so I'm sure that all the boy stuff that you didn't even realize was boy stuff, like probably became that much more apparent once you had 
girls. Oh. And are your girls pretty girly? Like, are they so sweet, girly. soft, and fluffy? They're so girly. Oh, <laughs> tender, oh. beautiful souls. Wow. I should visit you and just see yes, what that's like. Come, come. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. And now, before we wrap up, I would love to hear if you could speak to a younger Anjuli, if you had a word of wisdom just from these years, and um, I know you're still right in the process of bringing up these kids, but what would you say to a younger self that might yeah. encourage some of the young moms out there just starting out? If I could tell Anjuli, uh, what, nearly 13 years ago now, I remember the moment my husband drove away and went to work after he was done um, being at home with us. Yeah. And I remember watching his truck, red truck drive away. And I thought he was like, I thought it was like a mean joke. Like, are you joking? You're going to turn around like and right. come back. I think I would tell her who's crying, watching his car drive away yeah. that it's, it's okay to break mm. and don't yeah. be afraid of the breaking. Mm -hmm. Wow. Right from the beginning. Right from the beginning. Somebody out there needs to hear that. Yeah. Mm, that's beautiful. Thanks, Monica. Yes, I love it. Wow. Well, um, and we all need it even when they're teenagers, even, even okay. when they're away at college and yep. you're missing them and you oh. just want to stuff all those feelings, but sometimes you just want to cry because you remember that you didn't hold them enough when they were nine or seven. Yeah. Mm. Those are the places I want to run from now, but I'm reading your book and I'm just going to stay and I might be a mess, mm. but... <laughs> I'm right there with you. Thank you for doing what I am not good at doing. Yeah. Well, I don't before know if anyone is, honestly, I don't yeah. know if anyone is. Even yeah. the people who are, I think the other temptation is to fall into despair. Yeah. It's, right. it's different. Despair is different than lament. And right. people who have an easier time staying, despair is the quick companion sure. instead of Jesus being that companion. Right. That's so yeah. a journey for everyone. Right. Well, I'm glad that you wrote about it to walk us thank through it. Thank you. So, what a gift yes. to talk to you. Oh, thank you. Well, tell everyone where they can find you right now if they want to yes. check okay. out all these neat things you do. Right now, go follow the Moms We Love Club mm, on awesome. Instagram. Best yep. thing about social media. Next, you could find me at lovealways.angeli, A-N-J-U-L-I. I'm sure you'll link it up. Yep. Um, you can buy Stay anywhere books are sold. I'm super excited. Stay is going to be on Target bookshelves. Mm -hmm. So next time you're picking up milk, I'm there every day practically. Drop <laughs> Stay off the bookshelf and Cereal and milk. enjoy it. Mm -hmm. You can also find me at my website, anjuliepascal.com. Awesome. Yes, we will link to all of that. And you are also offering a beautiful print for everyone to download from my show notes, right? I'd love for you guys to get this. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. It's the hashtag I always use is called stay awake to love. Mm -hmm. And it's just this reminder of any season, any place you're at, open your heart, stay and allow the love of God to meet you there. So beautiful. Thank you so much for just taking the time to be with us and encourage us today. And, and I know everyone can't wait to read your book. I'm enjoying Thank you it. so much. All right. You take care. Talk to you soon.
All right, friends, I hope you got a lot out of that conversation and I hope you can get your hands on stay. It will be a huge encouragement to you in these months ahead. Um, Be sure to visit show notes at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast. Look for episode 46 to get the beautiful print as well as link up to all the places. Also remember that blog post that I'm encouraging you to read will be linked to in the show notes as well. One thing I have to say, I'm laughing because I just listened to my intro and then to our conversation one more time and have you ever seen someone's name for a long time and thought you knew how to pronounce it and then you hear them say and you're like oops I think I've been butchering your name so I think sometimes I call her Anjali which is what she calls herself and sometimes I say Anjali so forgive me Anjali if I've been mispronouncing your name here and there Um, but thanks for grace everyone (laughs) I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your week stay sane stick together even if it's just virtually even if you can't hug and touch be sure to reach out to friends we need one another in this season and i'm here for you too so reach out and say hi to me anywhere in all the places okay all right we will see you next week and until next time aloha